I'm JT. And I'm George. This is Pod Feratu. And we are doing another list this week. Uh, this time we are doing uh, five favorite slasher movies that nobody talks about. These these are slasher movies that really just don't get enough love and respect. So we're going to try to keep keep the time a little shorter. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about numbers five and four and go into a little more detail for three, two, and one. And um, I'll just go ahead and start. So my first yeah. one is a... Uh, 1987 movie called Blood Rage, which is uh, two twins, Todd and Terry, who kill somebody. Uh, one of the twins kills somebody with an axe in the first six minutes of the movie. Oh, geez. And they're like, I've never seen. This and they're one. like twelve. Oh wow! <laughs> and then it just goes from there. And the guy that plays Todd and Terry was in like World According to Garp the year before. <laughs> That's a and, departure. And man, man is the acting bad. Yeah. But it's a slaughterhouse. It's it's sounds, pretty fun. Sounds very 80s. Yeah, it is very 80s. Very what was that 80s. one again? Uh, Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Blood I'm going to have to add that one to my watch list. Oh, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. So my number five isn't even really that old. With the topic being slashers, no one talks about I think this one doesn't get talked about because maybe it doesn't get categorized as a slasher although i i think it is uh ready or not this just came out recently okay the uh there's not just one bad guy really cool twist at the end uh chris evans as a kind of a jerk character after playing captain america was really really cool yeah uh definitely check this one out that was uh that was my number five okay yeah i really liked ready or not uh a lot that's, yeah, that was a fun a, movie. That's a good one. What's your number four? My number four is The Babysitter. Oh. Netflix. Uh, really, really fun, kind of campy sort of slasher. Unique kind of take on the slasher vibe, but I, I think it counts. I, I put it in there for probably for the same reason as Ready or Not. I don't think it necessarily gets categorized as a slasher because it's not doesn't okay. have the typical slasher setup, but another another really great one if you haven't seen that. Um, that and the second one, they're both they're both pretty good. Okay, and they work great as a pair. So. Uh, my number four is from 1980. It's called Fade to Black. Oh, I know this. It's one. Uh, Dennis Christopher, who was his his other big thing was Breaking Away, and I believe he's in Django Unchained. Oh, well. really? But he uh, he plays a kid who works in a a uh, film warehouse, and he kills people basically as characters from his favorite horror movies and other movies. And Mickey Rourke is in it. Oh, he he dresses the kid dresses up like Hopalong Cassidy and then kills <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mickey Rourke is a bully, and he uh, he gets he gets shot. But the problem with the it was a really good movie. I thought it was a really good movie, but it came out. It was literally sandwiched in between like prom night. And uh, Friday the 13th. Oh. So it got totally overshadowed. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. That happens. We see that a lot. Movies that came out around the same time. as something that was just grossly more popular. That uh, Not to get too off subject, but that happened with Monster Squad. 
yeah. came out right around the same time as The Lost Boys. Also happened with, um, it wasn't a great movie, but it was better than people thought it was, and that was The Incredible Melting Man. Okay. It was up against Star Wars. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's anything that came out in the summer of 77 yeah. just, just didn't stand a chance. All right, number three. Yeah, let's um, hear your number three. I just watched this. It's been on my list for a long time, and I finally got to it, and I was not disappointed. That is a 1991 movie called Popcorn. Have I've you never, seen this? No. You should check out Popcorn. It's these film students in college, and with their professor, they're going to put on this big movie marathon night with all these gimmicky movies like William Castle used to make. Okay. And they're going to use the gimmicks on the audience, but the killer starts killing people off with the movie gimmicks. Oh, all and right. And there's a subplot right. about an experimental filmmaker who showed his experimental film and then like killed his family on stage. All and right. then the bad guy is going to reenact <laughs> that as the final part of the evening. And Man, I feel like you went for some deep cuts. I don't know if mine are really that obscure. It's it's crazy. It's kind of all over the place. It's the plot is it gets a little messy, uh, but it's it was a it was a fun it was a fun fun movie. So yeah, the, the, he starts killing the people with the uh, with the gimmicks, and they actually make parts of the little gimmick movies for the movie. Oh, nice! So there's one with a <laughs> well, there's one with like a giant radioactive mosquito that skewers somebody. <laughs> um, they did the shock thing like William Castle did with Tingler. And the kid running the board gets uh, electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, oh, man, it was so fun. It, it sounds was, like a fun movie. It was, and it's actually not really bloody, but it's really fun. It's it's a lot of fun. We might have to exchange lists after this right. so I can, I can get through some of these. So my number three is from 2015. It's not that old. I don't know if a lot of people know about this one. It's called The Final Girls. I've, um, I've heard about it. I've seen trailers for it. This one was really good. I enjoyed this quite a bit. It's kind of one of those meta deconstructions of the horror genre type thing. Okay. So the story follows the, the main character who, I forget the actress's name, but she was the young girl from Murder House season one of American oh, yeah. Horror Story. Um, I can't think of her name. Last name's Farmiga. Yeah. yeah. I can never, I, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Um, so. In the movie, her mom was a famous scream queen, and okay. she passed away recently. And she was in a movie that was like super duper popular at the time. It's got a cult following. Okay, very rem- uh, camp. What did they call this movie? It had a uh, camp bloodbath. That was the camp name of the bloodbath that she was in. And every year for the anniversary, they play the movie okay. in in the theater, and it draws a big crowd. So. It's kind of, you know, to try to cheer her up, her friends take her to go see her, you know, her mom on the big screen in this movie. So then a fire breaks out in theater and everybody's running and trying to escape. The screen is starting to like melt. The only thing they decide to run through the screen out of the theater. When they do that, they end up in the movie movie. Camp Bloodbath. Okay. And from there, it's. It's really cool because here are these kids who know this movie really, really well. Right. Of course, there's the one character who's a huge fanboy of the movie. Right. So watching how he interacts with the characters in the film. That's great. uh, They do like, like if there's a subtitle on the screen, they physically walk over it. Yeah. To get around it in the movie. Really, really clever. I loved that kind of stuff with Zombieland. 
Yeah. When they did yeah, the stuff yeah, with yeah. the titles. Um, really, really cool. And it, it was neat to see, because Camp Bloodbath was an 80s horror movie. And right. of course, this is 2015. So seeing 80s teenagers right. interacting with 2015 teenagers right. was, was really kind of funny and cool. I wish I knew how to say her name. I want to say, it's, is it Tysa? Her first name? I have no idea. But she was also really good in um, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is an adaptation of a Shirley Jackson novel. And she plays the the main character who, if you don't know anything about the story, I don't want to say anything about it because it's worth checking out. But she's really, she's one of my favorite actresses right now. I like her a lot. Yeah, the director of this was Todd Strauss-Schulson. He also did Harold and Kumar's Christmas. Oh, wow. And, and maybe not so ironically, he also did Isn't It Romantic? Okay. Which is another deconstruction film, but of the rom-com genre. Okay. Uh, Rebel Wilson is the title character. In oh, I love her. And she, uh, yeah, she ends up stuck in a romantic comedy movie. So similar, right. similar concept. Uh, let's see. What's your number two? Have you done your number three? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. My number two was Hatchet from 2006, directed by Adam Green. Oh, man. I forgot all about Hatchet. (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic. He also did the To Hell and Back documentary for Kane Hodder. Him and Kane have become really good friends because of Hatchet. I don't know if Kane plays Hatchet. Yeah. He also plays Hatchet's dad when they do flashbacks. And this guy also did Tales of Halloween in 2015. Okay. Which, ironically enough, I watched it not knowing he directed it until I started putting this list together recently. Okay. Tales of Halloween, sidebar, really great anthology film. Yeah. Had I known about it, it would have made it to to our list. Did we do that yet? I don't think we did. A, we didn't do a list of anthology films. That one's yet. coming. That yeah. one doesn't have to be on there. That one's really great. So this takes place in Louisiana. There's a boat tour. Right. Happening in the in the bayou. There's a bunch of tourists. There's a boat captain who's not good at what he does. And Wait, then there's a girl who's looking for revenge. Yeah. And is this the one that... Does Tony Todd make an appearance in yeah. this? Yeah. I thought yeah, so. He's in, I believe he's in all of them. And okay. He makes short cameos in all of them. So, yeah. The boat gets stuck. And they end up out in this swamp. But this swamp is haunted by Patchett. Yeah. You know... Um, Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley. And the mayhem ensues. It's funny. It's gory. Mm -hmm. The kills are fantastic. 12 total kills in a roughly 90-minute runtime. Some of the standout kills without giving you too many details, because I really want you guys to check this one out if you haven't. There's a whole... There's four of them, actually. There's Hatchets 1, 2, and 3, and then the fourth one is just called Victor Crowley. Have you seen all of them? Not all of them. Victor Crowley. Uh, I don't think I've seen the third one. I think I've seen all of them but the third one. Victor Crowley is terrible. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. It's terrible. Wait, then maybe that's the one I haven't seen. That's the one where they're... Which is the one where they're stuck in, on, on the plane that has gone down? That's the one I haven't seen. Okay, I that's Victor Crowley then. Oh. Um, and it's awful. <sighs> that's but you got to see That's it. unfortunate. You got to see it so you have the whole set. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they're all on, uh, I want to say they're all on Tubi right now. But he grabs a guy by the back of the head, and he twists his head into a corkscrew until he pops it off. Yes. There's a shovel decapitation, and then there's a scene where he like punches this guy in his stomach, yanks out 
his yeah. intestines, and the guy tries to run away. And right. as he's running away, the intestines just like start pulling <laughs> yes. out of his body. Yes. Then he then uses those same intestines to strangle him. It's so gross. It's, it's so gross. The makeup effects are fantastic. It's so gross, but I was laughing. It's so hilarious hard. because <laughs> there's a, and I think we've talked about this before. There comes a point where the gore is so over the top right. that it just becomes ridiculous. And you can't <laughs> help but laugh because it's just so silly and crazy. And that's that's how these kills are in this franchise. Um, I'm specifically talking about the first one, but the, at least the ones I've seen have been pretty good. JT has just issued a warning about Victor Crowley, so, <laughs> which I believe is the fourth one in the franchise. Yeah. Either way... Um, I wasn't going to do skull rankings, but as far as slashers go, I'm going to give this one a whole five. Okay. If, just in case you're curious. I, your two? I am, I'm actually switching. I'm actually switching number two and number one right now. Oh, wow. Because I'm it's calling keep, an keep, audible. I keep rethinking the, these two. Okay. And I agonized over them all day yesterday as well. So right now, it was originally my number one. My number two right now is Psycho 2. Really? Psycho 2. Nobody likes Psycho 2. I don't like any of the sequels. It is one of the most underrated movies ever. It's funny. It's self-referential. Tony Curtis. uh, I mean, Tony Curtis. Oh, my God. Anthony Perkins is fantastic in it. He's. You can tell he's just got this look on his face like, I am so in on this joke. And it's just, and Meg Tilly's good in it. And um, it's just it's it's got a really kind of almost noirish edge kind sort of to it. Yeah. To be fair, I I've only watched this movie once, and I went into it with hatred. <laughs> so perhaps <laughs> perhaps if I went into it with a bit of a moral well, mind. and here's here's the thing about it. Here's here's what sold me on it, and I will watch this. I, I have this movie. I will watch it. I will watch it several times throughout the year. It's directed by Tom Holland. Who did Fright Night? Okay, and Thinner and Child's Play. So he's no you know slouch in terms of horror. But there's this one you may remember the very the very last scene when he finds out you find out a lot of backstory about Norman, which is great. And then the very end, he's got the woman who turns out to actually these big time spoilers. The woman who turns out to actually have been his mother is sitting in his kitchen. And Norman says, he's trying to, he's talking to her and he's standing behind her and he's got a shovel in the kitchen from what he, something he was doing earlier. And he says, you sure you won't have a sandwich mother? And then he just cracks her across the back of the head with a shovel. <laughs> and it's literally, and it's literally, you sure you won't have a sandwich mother? Clank. There's just no <laughs> wait for the, they, yeah. no wait for the answer. And it's hilarious. <laughs> And it's just one of my favorite movie scenes <coughs> ever. And that's, I just, I cannot say enough really like great okay. stuff about this movie All because right. they go a long way to making Norman innocent because he's getting preyed on by Marion Crane's sister who's trying to make him crazy and get him sent back to the institution. And then at the very end turns out that he's, he's not all better at all anyway. Wow. <laughs> and it's just, Fantastic! It's, okay, maybe I'll give it another shot. You, you definitely should. It is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. All right. So, any honorable mentions before we move on to our number ones? Uh, did you do your number two? 
Yeah, Hatchet. You did Hatchet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, honorable mentions. I got a bunch of them. Cutting Class. Okay. Uh, 1980s. Brad Pitt is in it. Really? Very, very, very young Brad Pitt. He's not the bad guy, but okay. uh, it's it's terrible. The only reason I mention it is because of Brad Pitt. Dr. Giggles. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. That movie's silly. Um, Peeping Tom was originally number five on my list. Don't know that one. It's a it's a nineteen sixty came right around came out right around the same time as uh, Psycho. Um, it's a guy who's a photographer and he kills the women he's photographing with a dagger that's hidden in the tripod of his camera. Hmm. And it and it got the, the director got so much heat for it. Michael Powell had almost destroyed his career because people were that put off by it. Silent Scream, which is another one nobody ever talks about. It was not very good. But it was another one of these, like, conflicted identity kind of slashers. Valentine, the guy that wears the Cupid mask. Oh, always okay. gets a nosebleed before he kills somebody. And Frenzy. Frenzy. Frenzy was uh, a Hitchcock movie about a rapist oh, slash strangler. Okay. It's really misogynistic. It's really vile. But it's I I still like it because it was kind of... It was kind of of um, a really mean spirited fuck you from Hitchcock to the movie industry. Mm. So I still put it on as a, as an honorable mention. Got it. My list of honorable mentions isn't quite so long. Um, Identity, which yeah, that, I think that's a really great one. That's it rides the line of slasher slash slash psychological horror, but I think it's worth a mention. Then I have Shocker. Wes yeah. Craven's Shocker. Uh, so this was birthed out of Wes Craven's desire to kind of stick a middle finger to what they had done with his Freddy Krueger character. Okay. Because by this point, the movies no longer had his involvement. Right. And Freddy had pretty much become a caricature of himself. And he wanted to create a character that was scary, just like, okay. you know, or scarier than Freddy. Um, whether or not he was successful is up to us, right? <laughs> um, and My Bloody Valentine. Classic. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Little Ridiculous. Did they remake Not that? Re- yeah. Okay. Neither of them are fantastic, but okay. they, they don't get talked about enough. I don't think it's any worse than any other 80s yeah. slasher. You know what I mean? It stands up. Yeah. I mean, once I start doing honorable mentions, I could probably list yeah, almost sure. every 80s slasher movie. Yeah. You know, April the, Fool's Day, Happy Birthday yes. to Me, Yeah, you know, uh, The Prowler. Sleepaway oh, Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway, we have to do an episode just about Sleepaway Camp because that movie has got some problems now. Yeah. That movie does not age well. That's just a list all on its own. Yeah. Movies that did not age yeah. well. Yeah. And, and as, as, as much as I love Sleepaway Camp, yeah. it does not translate well to the present. Yeah. Like I watched Psycho two nights ago for the... I don't know how many of time. That's that's one that really does hold up. It really does. Well, I almost put it on my slashers list, but I don't know if it's a slasher that nobody talks about. Yeah. I don't think it gets its credit as the first slasher. We right. always give that to Texas. My um but my Psycho is my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. You I remember <laughs> your, your theory about that. All right. So, number 1s. Number 1s. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So I actually have quite a bit to say about this movie. This is probably one of 
It's definitely in my top 10 slashers of all time. Maybe even my top five. I'm going to go ahead and record and say it right now. It's in my top five favorite slashers ever. Behind the Mask, Uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006 by Scott Glauserman. Um, This movie has everything. Let's start with the cameos. We get a cameo from Kane Hodder. We get a cameo from Robert England, who plays like a Dr. Loomis type character in the film. Um, Even to the point where he says he's not, he's just a man. Yeah. He even takes that line. And Zelda uh, Robenstein from the Poltergeist movies makes an appearance in this. So this is another slasher horror deconstruction. I'll go so far as to say they did a better job of that than even Scream did. Yeah. It's I a agree. mockumentary style film. It follows a group of film students who are doing a documentary about this guy who is hoping to join the pantheon of famous right. slasher style killers. In this world, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Charles Lee Ray, Chucky, they all exist. Yeah. There is no supernatural element to what they did. Freddy right. Krueger's not a nightmare demon. Jason is absolutely killable. Right. As is Michael Myers. These are people who were actual killers, have genuinely caused terror, but they're different than a regular serial killer in that there's legend attached to right. them. Their, their, their mantles are passed on, and they explain all this so brilliant. They really do. It's gorgeous. So they meet this man, Leslie Vernon, who is in the process of preparing for what we would consider the big night when he's going to systematically kill, and not not just systematically, but philosophically in terms of horror film, Mm. kill these people. He explains how it is that these bad guys seem to catch up with you when... When yes, walking. That was one of my favorite. It parts was so of the fantastic movie. how he picks out the final girl, how he picks out the group of friends and the location. Mm-hmm. It's so well, well done. But of course, this is all being documented, and we never once stopped to think about the danger that these students are very presently in, just being around this man. Right. And then, of course, it comes to the night of. And then there's that dilemma that we see with a lot of reporting. Like, we're seeing it now in Ukraine. We have reporters over there who obviously can't get involved if they find themselves in a position where they would have to. So, does she do something to stop what he's about to go do? And, oh, it's so good. It's just so, (laughs) so good. Um, The kills are fantastic. Ten total kills in this one. Very creatively done. Beautiful homage to the slasher genre. Believe it or not, this is the movie that inspired So You Want to Be a Movie Maniac. Okay, the, yeah. The the conjoining, right. overarching story of our second book. Right. Candy and Rigor Mortis. Currently available on Amazon. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite kills in this movie, and it's the only kill that I'll discuss, because if you haven't seen Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, you really, really ought to. There is a heart removal, and it is done... With a post hole digger. Yep. Bravo. Well done. Well played. It it was fantastic. It yeah. was it was really really cool. My um my number one that I literally just switched is uh, from 1976, but it got delayed releasing until 
much later, sometime in the 80s. It's called Massacre at Central High, mm. a movie you could not okay. make it today. <laughs> okay. One of the things that stands out about it is it's one of the only slasher movies that Roger Ebert liked. Really? Roger Ebert really liked this movie. I didn't think he liked slashers at all. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, he called it an allegory of high school as a breeding ground for fascism. Huh. So this, this kid, yeah, <laughs> Thanks, this kid, Roger. this kid who's a runner gets his leg crushed by the, the kid who basically runs the school and, and he and his friends, all the, the popular kids and crap that, that terrorize everybody else. So he starts getting revenge on this guy and his associates. And there are some great, there are some great kills. There's a, there's a boulder drop on a tent. Oh, there's an exploding uh, hearing aid. There's a, the best one in the entire movie is he messes with a kid's hang glider cables. And the kid (laughs) crashes his hang glider into high power lines. Oh my God. It's fantastic. And then (laughs) once these, once these kids get wiped out, the kids that they were oppressing basically take their place. So he starts mm. wiping them out too. And wow. it's, um, there, there are no functioning adults anywhere in the entire movie. <laughs> and that was one of the other things that, that Ebert liked about it. And it wasn't one of these whole, you know, it was well before all of the, uh, you know, doing drugs, having sex, getting you, getting you killed stuff. None of that plays into it. Huh. It's just him straight up for revenge because they crushed his leg and he can't be a runner anymore. Wow. And it's... Um, what did Siskel have to say? Do you happen to remember? I don't remember. He It, it wasn't where they were both reviewing it. It was they were oh, going... Okay. They, they did an episode where they had gone through movies that they didn't think were getting um, the recognition they deserved. Interesting. and Or, or something like that. And this is this is one <laughs> of the ones that he... Uh, I'm very one surprised. of the ones that he talked about. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, it was. It was number two until literally like five minutes ago, and now it's. Um, now it's number one because it's. Again, you couldn't. You couldn't make this now. Not with a certainly no. not with a name like that. No. Um, but it's. Uh, it's good and it's different. It stands out because it's different and it's definitely sounds like a good one. It's definitely worth seeing and it's definitely it looks very seventies. Yeah, it looks very. You know, like the same kind of film stock you'd see in something like Texas Chainsaw. Oh, very low budget, grainy, gritty. Yeah, so it's nice. uh, it's fun. It's a fun one. Cool. I've definitely added a couple of new movies yeah. to my to my watch list. And uh, that's our that's our list. Um, yeah. Let us let us know in the uh, comments on the website podfratu.com. Let us know if there's anything that uh, that you think should be on this list. What do you uh, What's your favorite horror movie that slasher movie that nobody talks about? You can also find us on social media at Podferatu on Instagram and on Twitter. And we will be back soon. Thanks for listening. Good night.